welcome to Just James, the podcast. We hope this episode enlightens, illuminates, and illustrates a new outlook for your life. And now, here is our host. Well, hello, 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 everyone. It's me. It's your boy. It's me. It's me. It's P.J.V. And that's no cap. That's big facts. So for today's episode, today's episode, we're going to talk about pride and prejudice. How pride is the source of the world's problems and how to and how to gain authentic identity. Um, in this world and my encounters with different people and politics and this whole thing going on with Steve Perkins, it has brought to my attention the amount of pride that exists within our world or our context. And we have to understand how destructive pride is. The Bible tells us that pride comes before a fall, right? That pride, we find, is actually the center of the world's problems. When the adversary tempts you, he has three tactics. The lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Mm. Because those are the same three tactics that the adversary used when he was kicked out of when he was kicked out of heaven. So let's dig a little bit deeper. Let's talk about pride. Pride is what breaks up relationships, marriages, and families. Pride is what breaks up and destroys entire businesses and empires and all of that such. It is pride. People suffer at the hands of pride. We are going through what we're going through in the city of Decatur with Tab Bowling and Todd Pinion and Hunter Pepper and many others because of the spirit of pride. People suffer when leaders are prideful. Everyday people suffer when everyday people are prideful. So we have to be aware. We have to be conscious of the decisions that we make. Uh, case in point, um, just uh, a few days ago, um, I said a few things in conversation with a friend of mine and I personally was joking um, I did not mean any ill will or ill intent but that did not stop them from being offended now there are definitely people who are easily offended and um, things of that ilk or the slightest small thing is you know it's stupid how, what the stuff that people get offended over but in this particular case it was different because of I, I can honestly say that the things that I said though like I say it was joking it could it could be taken negatively so I understand how and why they were offended and usually you know what people do especially when this person brought to me and they said hey you know um, that what you said really hurt my feelings well, most people say, well, you're just too sensitive. Or you're just too sensitive. No, you, you hurt their feelings. So 
part of addressing that pride is being honest, open, and transparent and say, hey, you know what? Even though I didn't intend to hurt you that way, and my intentions were really to, uh, to have fun, uh, you weren't having fun. Okay, you, you were not enjoying that. And what I said may put you uh, in disarray. So I said, you know what, I apologize, you know, and I'm learning in this particular dynamic boundaries and trying to navigate this person that I'm trying to learn. Um, because I may be able to joke with one person one way, but I will not be able to joke with that with another person the same way. So, but most people who are prideful and full of pride, they were like, well, I didn't mean it that way. You just, you just taking it all the wrong way. And, you know, you just mad sensitive and, uh, and just try to defend themselves, but not knowing that, Hey, though you may not have meant it that way, they still, it still hurt them. And it's not just about you. It's about everyone. You've got to see the bigger picture. And most people who are prideful only see for themselves. How many people have been divorced? because of pride it wasn't because of an affair it wasn't because of, of abuse it wasn't because of uh, any of that ilk at the core and the center of the separation of that marriage and the separation of that family was pride and i'll be talking about divorce later on down the road in uh, this season so stay tuned but we're seeing how pride is destroying beautiful things. How many doors were opened? How, how, how many opportunities have you had that could have led to something more? But because you did not relieve yourself of that pride, you did not address it, those doors are now closed. And now those people have a negative view about you, even though you probably have changed to be a better person, better individual, that does not stop that nasty taste that you gave them when you first met them. And I'm just talking about you, I'm talking about me too. All right? So let, let's dig a little bit deeper. So what is pride? What, 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 how do we define what pride is. How do we define this thing called pride? According to the Britannica uh, according to the uh, Britannica Encyclopedia, in a theological sense, pride is defined as an excessive love of one's own excellence. As a deadly sin, pride is believed to generate other sins and further immoral behavior and is countered by the heavenly virtue of humility. Hmm. The heavenly virtue of humility, of putting others before yourself. Do unto others, you have them do unto you. But many of us have uh, an unrealistic viewpoint of ourselves. It says, an excessive love of one's own excellence. 
uh, I think the uh, medical term for that is delusion of grandeur or uh, narcissism, right? But here's the thing. Let me say this. I'm not a licensed uh, mental health professional. And before you go around telling, calling people narcissists and stuff like that, like they do on social media, that has to be diagnosed. So don't label anybody. Don't just try to label anybody or label yourself. These particular terms, you will have to be diagnosed by a licensed uh, mental health professional, which I am not. Okay. I'm just giving you a, a basic rundown of what it seems to be. Okay. So. With that being said, uh, we see where pride can and is destructive uh, spiritually. According to the Ethnos 360 uh, Bible Institute, pride is the root of the, of the problems we, that we face. It is, quote, Self-respect or improper and excessive self-esteem known as conceit or arrogance. Pride can be defined as elevating one's, one's own opinions and thoughts above God's authoritative word. It shows its ugly face in many forms. And one of these forms is, is relying on your own strength and wisdom to be successful. Ooh. And... and any given situation, we can be sure that God knows what is best because he is all-knowing and all-powerful. When we begin to do things our own way rather than, God, rather than how God wants us to do things, we can be sure that we will fail. Pride can be the downfall of a person or nation. God's word tells us that pride goes before destruction, Proverbs 6.18. In Isaiah, we read how, how Satan was cast out of heaven because of pride, Isaiah 14.12-15. And Solomon speaks of, of the pride of fools in Proverbs and, and in Second Chronicles describes a king who became proud and that, proud, that pride led him to destruction. Pride is refusing to see yourself as God sees you. Ultimately, pride is extreme love and focus on oneself. So, let me say this, your defense mechanism that you have in regards to relationships is pride. Ooh, Ooh you don't like that, I'm talking now. I'm in your grits now, I'm about to head to the eggs. Yeah, um, because you think you can defend yourself better than God can. If you think, if there's a, any area in your life that you can do better than God, that is pride whether it be fending for yourself, defending yourself, protecting yourself, because sometimes you cheat yourself out of things that you should be going into because of imposter syndrome, because of, of not of feeling inadequate, right? Mm. So, like I've said before, pride causes us to miss out on many, many opportunities, many opportunities, because we feel like we don't need the help. We have this uh, dynamic within the African American context in regards to the black woman. There's some strong, independent black man that don't need some strong, independent black woman that doesn't need a man. That's pride. That's pride, honey. That's pride, because because God never assigned no human being to do things by themselves. That's pride. 
And, and that pride comes from the fact that you were disappointed, that you did put your trust in someone, that you did put your hope in someone, thinking that uh, they were going to do A, B, and C, and they didn't, and they let you down. So you just got it. I will never be disappointed ever again. So your pain and your trauma pushed you into pride. But if we're honest with each other, many of us wouldn't have gotten to the relationships that we've gotten into had we consulted the Lord, had we uh, addressed our own personal issues, had we been honest, open, and aware with our loved ones and with ourselves. So you're using this, the, these talking points to cover up the fact that you're lonely, to cover up the fact that you're hurt, to cover up the fact that you're scared, to cover up the fact that you're insecure. That's what you're using this for. To to my to my guys or whatever. Oh, all girls want your money, you know. The hypergamy and da 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 da, -da and you know uh, all, all that jazz, right? The whole red pill joint. That's pride, bro. That's pride, man. That is the utmost form of pride. And I feel you. And don't get it twisted. I feel where you are. I do, because. You know, there were girls that I liked, and they all liked the bad guys, you know. So what do we do? We become the bad guys so we can get the girl, right? Because that seems like that's what they entertain. They give those guys chance after chance after chance, and the good guys, they treat them like crap. And there's actually women that are good women that get that same thing. They get, you know, they don't get good guys like that. They always get the bad girls, you know. Excuse me, they only get the bad guys, you know, and they treat them like crap. So now we're just hurting each other and we're creating a cesspool of pride. Well, you did this and you did this. Well, if black women would do this and if black men would do this and if women would do this and if men would do this, a real man would do this. A real woman. Uh, 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 uh. Stop. 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 First, the Bible says, take the plank out of your own eye so you can take the speck out of your brother's eye before you go pointing fingers at an entire demographic of people that are not monoliths that have nuances go look yourself in the mirror and say is there anything in me that is wrong is it my behavior? Is it my understanding? Hmm? Is it is it the way that I speak to people? Is it the way that I, how I treat people? We have to reflect the mirror on us first. And a lot of this stuff, this pointing and projecting, has to do with people because people don't want to deal with their own issues. They don't want to be alone because they don't want to be alone with themselves because they don't want to deal with their own issues. But guess what? When you get with somebody, they don't have to deal with your issues. And that's why they leave. Because they don't want to deal with your issues that you don't want to deal with. So why subjecting to that? That's pride. Then you leave that dynamic as a, uh, and make, try to make yourself the victim. When it was you whole time. It was you whole time. I'm just talking to, to one group, talking to everybody. It was you the whole time. You were the problem. Ooh, that, that, now, that's how you break down pride. And I felt, man, look, this is pre-recorded. And I feel y'all jumping at me right now. Ooh, I feel the spirit jumping at me right now. Y'all 
Energy is hitting at, hitting at me right now. I feel it right now. You're the problem. You're the problem because you you refuse to change. You're the problem because you refuse to get help. You're the problem because you refuse to learn. You're the problem because you refuse to grow. You're the problem because you refuse to allow people to hold you accountable. You're the problem because you failed to consult God. You are the problem. And the reason why you are in the situation that you're in, the reason why you are feeling the way you feel is because you are the problem. You are your own worst enemy. What I realize in this life is that the only inner, the only enemy that I have is the inner me. The person I see in the mirror every day. That's my only enemy. That's my only competition. It ain't my brother. It ain't my sister. It ain't whoever else. No, it's me. I, 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 I got to be better than the me from yesterday. I got to be better than the me from last month. I got to be better than the me from three months ago, six months ago, a year ago, two, three years. Four, I got to be better. And being better requires consistent change, consistent challenge. And the reality is you don't want to be challenged because you feel like there's nothing wrong with you. But yet you complain about why you're not going forward. If you don't feel that nothing is wrong, you're not going to change anything. If you're not going to change anything, you're not going to go forward. It's that simple. You know, I find it strange that God will literally put us in situations to show us what it feels like to be him. Case in point, how would some of you describe your ex? Inconsistent, unfaithful, didn't listen to you, didn't consider you. You know what I'm saying? That's how you describe them, right? But that's the same way God describes some of you. Inconsistent unfaithful, don't consider him, but yet you want God to move mountains for you and you won't even push a broom for him. It's reciprocation, baby, come on. Now, I'm not saying you're working, I'm not saying salvation uh, through works, but it's just showing by body action that I consider you, right? I think about you, I I. I you're on my mind when I do these things. The Bible says, do all things to the glory of God, that in all thy ways we have to acknowledge him, that everything that we do, we have to have him in the forefront of our mind. Right? So God allowed that relationship, that toxic relationship that you were in to show you what it's like being with you. <laughs> The reason why you didn't like the relationship because it was you that you were dating. <laughs> you were dating you. The real you. The you that you tried to hide from everybody else. That's who your last ex was. He was he or she was you. And deep down, you don't like yourself. And because you don't like your real self, you create a fake self to help give you pride. <laughs> <laughs> So you're having pride in a, in a, in an illusion. Hmm. You have pride in something that isn't real. It's fiat. It's fake. It's smoke. It's fog. 
It's ethereal. You know, you can't put your hands on it. So how do we find our authentic identity? We find our authentic identity through holiness. Now, here we go. You know, um, people, you know, what, excuse me, what, Pastor Vito, what you going to say? Okay, so when it comes to holiness, I think I probably said this on the podcast. If not, I'll give it to you again. When it comes to holiness, if you grew up how I grew up, Pentecostal, charismatic, you know what I'm saying? You grew up that lane. You know, my daddy was holiness, so there was no Pokemon, no Digimon, no Yu-Gi-Oh!, even though I had Yu-Gi-Oh cards. <laughs> Shout outs to mom. <laughs> um, I I couldn't get a ear piercing. My mom helped to have to help me get that one. You know, the one ear piercing behind my daddy's back, and when I hugged him, I hugged him with the unpierced ear and walked backwards. <laughs> right. So, yeah, like that's 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 the way you know I was brought up. That's the way he was brought up. You know, it was holiness. You know, and I understand the purpose of living an upright, holy lifestyle, and I'm not knocking that. Please don't get it twisted. I still believe that holiness is right. I believe that holiness is right. Okay. But I believe that the way we've been teaching holiness has been very shallow and very surface. What, what, what do you mean by that? Well, when we look at the word holy, you, you'll find the word consecration or consecrate, right? And within my circles, we think, when we hear the word consecration, we hear praying and fasting, who most people think consecration is. But the actual definition of consecration is to deem something or someone for the use of God and his kingdom, Okay. I'm going to say that again. The definition of consecration or consecrated means to deem something or someone useful, watch that word, useful for God and his kingdom. So the question is, okay, you, you know, you're living right, but what are you doing? How are you useful? Hmm? Because the Bible says we should occupy until he comes, right? We need to be about the Father's business. That, that's what Jesus said to me. I have to be about my Father's business. We have kingdom business to do as believers, right? So just because you're not having premarital sex doesn't mean that you're holy. If you're not having premarital sex and you're, okay, you say, oh, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. Da, 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 but you are not fulfilling your God-given assignment. You're not fulfilling God's given mandate for your life. You're not you're not operating the mantles that God has on you. That is not holiness. That is self-righteousness. And that is pride. And many people think that they're holy, but really they're in pride. Because if I'm in holiness, I'm doing something. I am revealing God. I am revealing the kingdom in the earth realm. Not just because I'm not doing, I'm not drinking, I'm not smoking, I'm not screwing, I'm not this, that, 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 that. No, I am active in this work. Either spreading the gospel, not just not just by preaching, but by uh, helping the community, uh, building that business, 
Come on, come on. Doing that venture, traveling that place, right? Networking. All of this is a part of holiness. It's fulfilling God's, God's assignment and purpose for your life. That's how you find your identity and holiness. I'm going to keep on going. Another definition for holiness is actually three. This is my third definition for holiness is uh, to be unique or set apart or distinct. So it means that word holy means that there is nothing like this. You will not be able to find another thing or person like this. So when we say that God is holy, we're not just saying that he's pure, just, just that, but that there is no other deity. There is no other God. There is no other, other deity. There is no other God like Yahweh. Okay. So my holiness is, watch this, it's me being my full self in Christ Jesus. I'm not looking like my denomination. I don't look like my neighbor. I don't look like my church. I don't look like my, my bishop. I don't look like my pastor. I look like Jesus. Okay. And watch this. I, actually, I look like myself in Jesus. I am my nerdy self. I am my quirky self. I am my angry self. I am my horny self. I am my <laughs> everything that's ever that's wrong with me or right with me. I am all of that in Christ Jesus. I'm my full self. H have you ever noticed if you go to certain churches, right, um, and you know who the, the main preacher is, and he has the, the, you know, the main pastor, bishop, or apostle, whatever, and all the people that are under him or her, they all sound like him or her, the main guy, the main girl. That's wrong. Because you're copying them and not copying him, Yahweh, Christ. You know, you're not copying him. You're not being true to yourself, to your calling. Because your calling is not your pastor's calling. And I say this as a son. I'm not saying this to tell you to rebel against your leaders. I'm saying this understanding who I am as my own personal individual. Because my biological father was my pastor. He was my apostle, right? And one thing he said to all the members at Victory, excuse me, all the other pastors and leaders at Victory, he said, God wants to use you for you. He doesn't want you to be a copy of me. He wants, he wants you to be able to do the things that I do through you and, and how you look and how you speak and how you walk and how you talk. That's what God wants to do for you. He doesn't want, he doesn't want, to want you to make uh, you a copy of me. He wants you to be you through him. That's, that's what he told us. And, and if you go to Victory any Sunday, none of us sound like pops. Right? None of us do. We all have different manners and different anointings and different callings, but it's of the same spirit, of the Holy Spirit. So we're not trying to copy anybody. We're not trying to bite off anybody. We're doing what God called us to do. And when you get into the presence of God, the holiness of God, right, you, you understand how to, uh, the, the right standing he wants us to live. Then you understand uh, being useful for his kingdom. And then you understand how to be your full, authentic self in Christ Jesus. Then what that, inst what that instills in you is humility. Because you understand there's areas that I'm strong in and then there's areas that I'm not strong in. You know, 
There's areas where I'm proficient in, and there's areas that I'm a novice. And watch this. I'm not afraid to ask for help. <laughs> I'm not afraid to ask for help or assistance. So that's how we grow in this. That's how we move and adapt in this thing called life as believers is that God wants you not to look like him. Paul says, imitate me as, watch this, he's imitating Christ. That was the caveat. He says, watch me as I imitate Christ. So what Paul was saying was, and he later said on one, in one of his letters, he said, the things that I should do, I don't do. And the things that I shouldn't do, I find myself doing. Which means that Paul is saying, I'm not going to live this upright, perfect life, but I'm going to show you how to live it, fall, dust myself back off, and get back up on this horse and keep going. Watch me, watch me fall, watch me make mistakes, but watch me, watch me maneuver this, watch me, watch me walk in this, you know, Th that's how you're supposed to do it. And I'm walking with this, with Christ. Right? I'm, I'm doing this unto God because I understand his grace and his mercy for my life. Watch this. I understand my assignment and my usefulness and my consecration for the kingdom and for him. And I understand who I fully am in Christ Jesus. And because I'm able to do that, I'm able to be humble. I'm able to be meek. And watch this. Through that, that's how miracles happen. It don't happen because you speak in tongues. It don't happen because you jump and shout. It happens when you truly operate in those three points of holiness. That's where it's born. That's how it happens. And that's how we can grow as a community. So we have to deal with our pride. We have to deal with our own personal internal issues and not project them on, on other people. And we have to look in the mirror and say, hey, I need to grow. Hey. Yeah, that, that wasn't okay. I need to change. And watch this. We don't, you don't need yes men and yes women. You need people that's going to challenge you and hold you accountable. Not because they hate you, but because they see better for you in that moment. That's my time, y'all. Uh, I pray that this message blessed at somebody. Um, we're still uh, doing the uh, Steve Perkins movement. We are here. Um, this coming Thursday, uh, February the 22nd, we're going to have a documentary premiere of the Unspoken uh, documentary. Alabama's first premiere of this um, is free and open to the public at the Turner Sales Center. Doors open at 6.30. Movie starts at 7. Um, please come out, support. Um, we're going to have concessions there for sale. And all uh, proceeds, uh, I was trying to get all proceeds to go to uh, Mother Perkins, uh, Steve's mom. Um, so please come out, please support, you know, man, show, show some love, man, show some love. God bless you, I love you, holla at your boy. Thank you for listening to Just James, the podcast. If this episode helped you and you know it can help someone you know, please like, follow, subscribe, and share from all platforms to stay updated on new episodes. In the meantime and in between time, peace and increase.